On today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, who has the most pressure to perform for the Birds on Thursday night in the preseason finale against the Indianapolis Colts? Plus, just how good is Devontae Smith going to be in 2023? All that and more on this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. Shout out to our everydayers for making us your first listen Monday through Friday right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's podcast is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. Terms and conditions do apply. Louis DiBiase riding solo today. My co-host Gino Camilleri, a much, <coughs> excuse me, a much needed break this week as he is going to be getting married, which is really exciting for Gino. So that's tomorrow. So he's off until next Monday. Congratulations to my brother. Um, So I'm going to be running solo the next few days, getting you ready for this preseason finale against the Colts. And then we move forward crazy enough to week one of the regular season against the Indianapolis, or I should say the New England Patriots. The Indianapolis Colts is this Thursday night at 8 o'clock. So I want to get into today because we did actually on Monday do our 53-man roster predictions. Gino and I both agreed. We feel like we have a pretty good idea of who's basically a lock to make this roster now on offense and defense and who's pretty much done, right? Who doesn't even really have a chance to make the 53? I would say, is there a middle ground there? Like how many guys really have a chance still to make this team? I'd say, I don't know, three to four there's probably three to four spots that are truly open. I'd say maybe an extra linebacker, an extra corner, another safety. It's really all on the defensive side of the football. Do you keep an extra defensive player? When it comes to offense, I feel like it almost is completely set when it comes to the teams one through three. But I do want to get into that today. Who on this team has the most to lose tomorrow night against the Colts? And we will start on offense. That's the great thing, though. It's not a bad thing that we have no questions really of how many quarterbacks are going to keep, how many receivers, like who could still make this roster. The fact, like, I think when you're not sure of that, especially like if you're still dealing with starting battles and in depth spots, that means like nobody's really, t- I mean, sometimes it could mean that two guys are both really good and it's a really tough decision, but other times. And for the most part, like for the Eagles, I think on offense, when you look at the wide receiver position, the reason that we're not sure you know, what receivers could still make it is because none of them have really stepped up. And so you kind of know already who is a lock. So on offense, like who has the most to lose against Indianapolis? I don't know if anybody really has a lot of stock. I think a lot of these guys have stuff to play for, but it's, you're fighting for jobs, I think, with another team or to make the Eagles practice squad. Like for instance, I think you look at running back Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon probably has the biggest opportunity of anybody on this offense heading into Thursday night. But I think it's, again, because he has a real chance to make another 53-man roster. At this point, I don't think there's any chance that Sermon is, you know, upending DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, Kenneth Gainwell, or Boston Scott. Those guys are, to me, locks as your top four running backs. And I don't think there's really any chance, just based on our 53-man roster projections and what the Eagles have done in their history, I don't think there's any chance they keep a fifth running back. I mean, they the fact that they keep four now 
is new because when you look at through the majority of the Andy Reid era and Chip Kelly and even Doug Peterson to a degree, the first few years of Doug, if I can remember correctly, I'm almost positive they would keep three running backs most of the time. So now they keep four. I think Boston Scott's a very valuable piece of this team. So I agree with keeping that fourth guy if it is Scott, but I don't think there's any way they keep a fifth guy with Trey Sermon. I think they really liked Trey. They gave him you know, every opportunity to make this team. They even used him as a kick returner the last few weeks to see if he can, you know, make a difference in that way. They had him on the 53, you know, all of last year when they picked him up off waivers from San Francisco. But I don't think overall, even if he has an incredible game against the Colts, that he makes this team. But I do think he's talented enough. He's a former third-round pick where if he does have a good game, and even if he has an okay game, I think he ends up probably on another 53-man roster. I I can't see him clearing waivers. I can't imagine as much as I would love to have him back on the practice squad. Can't imagine Trey Sermon makes it. But I do think he has the most to lose tomorrow night in the sense of, of all these players that are fringe roster contestants. I think he has the best opportunity to land with another team and maybe even have an impact in a rotation in a backfield by committee. So I think Trey Sermon has a big opportunity against the Colts. I think Greg Ward is in a similar boat with Trey. I can't imagine the Eagles keep six receivers this year. Even with Greg Ward as steady Eddie as he's been, I don't know if he's worth keeping over an extra corner, safety, linebacker, offensive or defensive lineman. And to me, Tyree Cleveland obviously dealt with that injury. He's not making the team. Uh, Joseph Nagata has not done enough to me to warrant a roster spot. Greg Ward is probably the guy that can make the case, and he has a pretty good resume with this football team. And it would be great to get him back on the practice squad for year eight. But I don't think this time, and Gino made this point the other day, Like I don't think this time he gets back to the practice squad because of another team that's very wide receiver needy and doesn't have the stars the Eagles do from top to bottom. They could see Greg Ward as a nice veteran presence as your four through six receiver on the depth chart. So I think Greg Ward and Trey Sermon, they have a lot to play for against the Colts, but it's because they're fighting for a spot with another team's 53. Um, when it comes to like tight end, I think it's pretty much set. I don't think Dan Arnold's making this football team. I think it's Dallas Goddard, it's Grant Calcaterra, and it's Jack Stahl. And again, I always said Ty goes to the rookie or the younger player with more upside on a cheaper deal. That's how I feel about tight end with Calcaterra and Stahl over Arnold. But I don't feel great. Like it doesn't, they're not keeping Calcaterra and Stahl because they were so much better than Arnold. Like they're keeping them because I don't think anybody really made a huge impact. And again, I'm not really concerned about, oh, we need more 12 personnel in this offense. I, I love the way this offense is designed. And I don't think you absolutely need a second pass catching tight end to make this offense work, but it is unfortunate. You really don't have that option. Again, it's something I don't want to need like the Eagles have in the past, but it would be nice to have that, you know, as another luxury, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, Calcaterra, he took some steps as a blocker, I think this summer, but overall still kind of the same, eh, whatever type of situation at tight end. I'll tell you what though, keep an eye out for this at the trade deadline this year. If the Arizona Cardinals stink and Zach Ertz is healthy, can we bring that back? Zach Ertz is tight end too. I think tight end is a position like we talked about all summer. Like if Howie Roseman was going to add another player, what position would it be? And we said linebacker, we said safety. I think tight end is a spot to watch this regular season before the deadline. And I think Zach Ertz would make a whole lot of sense for this football team. And again, he can be, he's good enough where maybe he doesn't want to be that kind of backup that barely play. Like, again, they don't use 12 personnel like they did when it was Goddard and Ertz in the past. Um, he could be a Zach Ertz still is when healthy, a legitimate starting tight end in this league. But if he wants to compete for a championship and he wants to come home, 
that's something to keep an eye out for, for sure. When it comes to offense, again, I don't think anybody else really has a huge opportunity Thursday night. I'm excited to see an entire game of Tanner McKee. He's been incredible. I think he'll play for at least a half, maybe three quarters, and then you'll see Ian Book finish off the game. Don't think you'll see Marcus Mariota in this one. Although, now that I say that, I feel like because of how bad he's been in these two games, maybe he needs like a quarter and a half. But the majority of this game is going to be Tanner McKee, so I think that's exciting. But again, it's a great it's a great situation to be in when you have very little question marks on offense. You have no starting jobs available still. You really have very few depth battles going on. This offense from top to bottom is one of, if not the deepest in the league. And I think it's going to be the, again, Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs, like they're the best. They're the alpha right now. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. Andy Reid's the best play caller. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end. But I think from top to bottom, when it comes to the starting lineup, the team that I do not want to game plan for the most when it comes to the you know, various styles of talent they have, the ways they can pass the football on you in so many ways, the way they can run the football on you in so many ways. They can just beat you in so many different strategies. The Eagles offense, I think, is going to be the hardest to prepare for this year in the entire NFL because I think the passing game is going to take an even bigger step. Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, they've all been incredible this offseason, this training camp, with joint practices against the Browns and the Colts, it's why you haven't had to see a single starter play in these preseason games. Even last year, like Jalen Hurts, he only played, what, a drive or a drive and a half against New York, and then he was out for the rest of the preseason because they were resting him. But this year, he didn't even play a single snap, and I think that was the right call. And man, I can't wait to watch this offense in a few weeks go up against New England. All right, let's continue on with the most to lose for some Eagles on Thursday night's preseason finale against the Indianapolis Colts, we'll head over to the defensive side of the football. Coming up next, right here on the Locked On Eagles podcast. Guys, today's show is sponsored by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs makes you look good. Bird Dogs, their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. That's the exact style that I go for now. I'm not into the early 2000s baggy look when it comes to pants or shorts, even the ankle. I like those tight fit joggers that Bird Dogs provides. The shorts to me, they have that perfect length right above the knee, sculpted fit to your body. Bird Dog shorts, they do that exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. They fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. That's huge. I felt like most of the time when I was wearing dress shorts, I had to sacrifice comfort. Not anymore with Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs uses an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. If you're on the golf course, you're at that graduation party, whatever's going on in the summer for you. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL or enter the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash NFL. Enter the promo code NFL for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you and we thank Bird Dogs for sponsoring the Lockdown Eagles podcast today. All right, Eagles fans, we're continuing on this Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Shout out to our everydayers for making us your first listen Monday through Friday. Louis DiBiase riding solo. Gino's getting married this week. Congrats to Gino and Jen. So he'll be back next Monday to talk some birds with me. Today I'm getting into who has the most to lose in Thursday's preseason finale against the Indianapolis Colts on offense. 
there aren't really a lot of depth battles going on. I feel like this roster on offense is pretty much set. I think Trey Sermon and Greg Ward have the most to lose, but it's because I think they have a really good opportunity to make another team's 53. I'm excited to see Tanner McKee. I would like Marcus Mariota to show something, some sort of life in this game to make us feel better about QB2 heading into the regular season. But overall, I think the biggest questions that are still out there when it comes to this team are on defense. I think, and again, the the players that still have an opportunity. I'll, I'll start with the guys that Gino and I talked about on Monday, the, the last three out, if you will. Like When we made our predictions, there were a couple guys we listed as guys that just missed. Some players that we were really trying to find a spot for, but it just it was a numbers game, and you know we prioritized some other positions and some other players. So, like a player in that category for me was defensive tackle Contavious Street. We ended up keeping, I think it was, uh, we kept six defensive tackles, but we had Milton Williams as your four. Of course, your top four is Cox, um, Milton Williams, Jalen Carter, and Jordan Davis in no order there. And then, of course, rounding out the depth, we also had Marlon Tui Piloto and Moro Jomo making it over Street. Street's the veteran there. He did have over six sacks in 2022. But to me, Ajomo's been so good. Tui Piloto looks like a much better pass rusher this year. He's your primary nose tackle back up to Jordan Davis. They're younger. They're on cheaper deals right now. Again, the tie goes to those players. Contavious Street, he hasn't been bad this summer, but I think it's a numbers game for him. Could he convince them to keep another lineman? I wouldn't rule it out. The Eagles go heavy in the trenches on both sides of the ball. But Contavious Street, I think this is, again, kind of like the same logic with Sermon and with Greg Ward, where Street has a really good opportunity to you know catch on with another team. But the Eagles do decide to keep a Jomo and Tui Piloto over him. So I think Contavia Street needs a big game here. Some guys that have a chance to actually make this Eagles roster still, I mean, most of what I've been talking about is who can make another team. Linebacker Nicholas Morrow. I think right now he's like the fourth guy of four that have a chance to play. Nicobe Dean's your alpha. And then to me, Zach Cunningham's in the lead to be that second linebacker in your starting lineup. And then to me, Christian Ellis has been that third guy that has made a lot of plays this summer. Uh, he's a special teams ace. So to me, those three are locks. Nicholas Morrow, I think he's actually been good this preseason. Like, he's been way better than he. it sounded like he was in training camp practice. And keeping four inside linebackers, that's that's still pretty light at that position. The Eagles normally, I think, keep five. Sean Bradley's out with a torn Achilles, so you have an extra spot open. Morrow might just make this team by default, but me and Gino had them only keeping three linebackers. And because they're going to go heavy with defensive back fronts this year, I should say packages with you know, three safety looks, maybe at times four corners. Nolan Smith has been playing some off-ball linebacker this summer. I think when you look at two, some of these safeties are going to be down in the box, like Terrell Edmonds, like Kavon Wallace. Maybe they convince themselves we only need to carry three inside linebackers, keep a guy in the practice squad. If we really need that fourth guy, we come to it the next week. So maybe more and Morrow is not like a massive special teams contributor. So Morrow, I think, has to... I mean, he has a good chance still. Keeping four inside linebackers is not super bold. It's still going light at that spot, but he's competing with some other guys at other spots. Like, you know, Eli Ricks is another player that I think needs a big game to really lock up a roster spot. The undrafted corner out of Alabama, I think he's had a great preseason. Love his upside. The Eagles, again, they kept five corners last year. Are they going to keep six or seven? Again, if they only go with three linebackers, then you can make the argument they'll go with six, maybe seven. So Morrow's competing with a guy like Ricks. I think a guy like Makai Gardner, who's had a really good summer, another undrafted corner out of LSU, 
length, explosiveness, forced a fumble on special teams as a gunner in that preseason opener against the Baltimore Ravens, made some nice plays yesterday in joint practice against the Indianapolis Colts. So Morrow's competing with guys like that, like Eli Ricks, Makai Gardner. There's a there's still a pretty hefty corner battle going on between Ricks, Gardner, and then you look at the slot, Josiah Scott and Mario Goodrich. Who's going to be that primary backup to Avante Maddox? Do they keep neither? In my 53-man roster projection, I had them keeping Ricks over both Scott and Goodrich. I didn't have them really keeping that quote-unquote slot backup. So Goodrich and Scott, they're also battling against each other, battling against these other spots, other positions for a roster spot. Those are the main guys I would say have the most to lose. Contavious Street, Nicholas Morrow, Eli Ricks, Makai Gardner, Josiah Scott, and Mario Goodrich. I think you can look at some other players like, you know, edge rushers, Teron Jackson and Janarius Robinson. I think they showed a lot of promise last week against Cleveland. I love the upside of those guys. They were consistently getting to the quarterback, winning on the edge. I personally, if it was up to me, if I was Howie Roseman, I'm keeping at least one of those players over Derek Barnett. I think Derek Barnett's a lock. They, of course, restructured his deal to guarantee three million bucks. I think they, I don't know why they want him as their fifth edge rusher, but they like Derek Barnett more than all of us do, unfortunately. So I think Jackson and Robinson don't really have a chance to make this team, but I think they kind of like these other players I've been talking about, have a good shot to catch on with the 53-man roster, especially Teron Jackson. I would love if the Eagles could find a way to get Janarius Robinson on this practice squad. Just the the overall frame, the, the physical gifts that he has, I would love to keep developing him as a potential depth piece long-term. I mean, his length, his get-off, the explosiveness for somebody that long is impressive. And so I think another team could see him as a nice developmental piece to keep on a roster, uh, but I would hope that one of them can get to the practice squad because I think both are should, should be priorities over Derek Barnett. Unfortunately, I really don't think they are. So, And then you could look at, like, at safety. I think Justin Evans is trying to lock up a spot if they're going to keep five safeties. I think he probably is a lock, though. I mean, he's been getting first-team reps even this week. Joint practices yesterday against Indy. He was rotating in next to Reed Blankenship, as was Terrell Edmonds, as was Sidney Brown, as was Kavon Wallace. Sean Desai, he is throwing all of them on the first team with Blank. Blankenship's the only one that doesn't move. Like, he is entrenched as a starter. The other four players, it's going to be Sidney Brown eventually, but I think the other four, right now it's it looks like it's safety by committee. Plus, they used Justin Evans as a returner last week. I don't think the product, the the result looked very good, but they're using him in different ways. You know, he did play with the Saints last year, so I think Justin Evans is probably a lock to make this team. But some other guys on defense, they absolutely have a lot to play for tomorrow night on all three levels. All right, guys, coming up next, I got to talk some Devontae Smith. I have a different thought about Devontae just based on how good he's been. I want to know your thoughts coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. And guys, today's show is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then eventually hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs, they help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. Again, that's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. 
All right, Eagles fans, we are wrapping up this Wednesday edition of Locked On Eagles, and I want to talk some Devontae Smith, and he has been absolutely incredible this year. Last year, he broke the single-season receptions record for the Birds with 92, had over 1,000 yards, over 100 yards in the Super Bowl. He was great in the playoffs against the Giants, against the Niners, against the Chiefs. There isn't a whole lot to say about how good Devontae is. Like We all know this. He was this good at Alabama. He was this good as a rookie. Instantly was the go-to target in this passing offense in 2021. Took an even bigger step last year. Plays on the outside, in the slot. This guy can literally do everything, and he's been cooking defenses in practice as well. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw those two contested catches against the Colts yesterday. Absolutely incredible, and that's something he doesn't get enough credit for is how good of a contested catch receiver he is. Like We all know he's a top three route runner in the NFL. We all know how long he is, how explosive. The footwork is elite. It's on another level. He's a really good underrated run after the catch receiver. But one thing, and I think it's probably because of his frame, people don't view him as like that go-up-and-get-it receiver. He absolutely is. He is, you know, again, he doesn't have the frame for it, but his length, his body control makes him, you know, like Alshon Jeffrey, again, he makes catches that look a lot like Alshon. And again, it's in a different style compared to Alshon and Mike Williams. He isn't that big, giant body. But again, as I said, the body control, the length allows him to make those same plays. That's what he did against the Colts yesterday. I mean, you look at those go-up-and-get-it plays he made against Washington last year, uh, week three, the Christmas game against Dallas. I mean, those catches were absolutely unbelievable. And he was making those against the Colts yesterday. And it got me thinking, like, Again, because I'm trying to find different ways to talk about these stars. I, it always drives me nuts. I always wonder how somebody in media covered like the New England Patriots for the 21st century. Like those 20 years of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Like when you're at Super Bowl number six, what else do you say about these guys? And so I was thinking about that yesterday. And with Devontae, I was just thinking about you know his overall complete skill set because I was thinking about his contested catchability, his run after the catch, and how he's so much more than just a, an elite route runner. And because of that complete skill set, I wondered how many receivers would I genuinely take? Like if I'm a GM starting a franchise, how many guys am I actually starting with at wide receiver one before Devontae? Like is Devontae Smith right now a top three receiver in the league? I would say no. But to be completely honest with you, if I'm a general manager, there are only two receivers that I'm keeping right there, that I'm starting a team right now over Devontae. When it comes to, again, overall skill set, age, everything like durability, everything like that. The only two guys I would take over him are Justin Jefferson and I think Jamar Chase. That's it. I would take Devontae over A.J. Brown. I would take him over Tyreek Hill. I would certainly take him over Jalen Waddell and some of these other young receivers that came into the league with him. Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin. I mean, you name it, all the stars of the game, Stephon Diggs. I think Devontae Smith, the only two that I'd start a team with over him. Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson. And even that, I think it's really close. I mean, with Jefferson, he's obviously the best receiver in football. So you take him number one. Jamar Chase would be my second guy. But I think, again, from an age perspective, from just an overall complete skill set perspective, Devontae would be my guy. The way he carries himself, the maturity, I think he's going to age really well with how good he is as a route runner. His separation when he does eventually lose that you know initial burst off the line of scrimmage, that run after the catchability, I think he's going to age very well in this league. He's so good as a contested catch guy. He's so good run after the catch. He can play inside. He can play outside. I think that's. I think it's not really that bold of a take. 
I think Devontae is going to be this year. And Darius Slay said it himself in a press conference last week after practice. Devontae Smith has the upside to be the best wide receiver in the NFL. And he said he wouldn't be surprised if he becomes that guy this year. I wouldn't either. Like last year, he was amazing, especially down the stretch. When Dallas Goddard went down, Smith blew up. Like he was, he was the best receiver in the second half of the season in the playoffs, even over A.J. Brown. I think there's even another step to go, especially if the Eagles start passing the football more. I think there's another level to Devontae's game that can be tapped into this year. And I cannot wait to watch it. All right, Eagles fans, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every single day. Shout out to our everydayers Monday through Friday for making us your first listen. We will be back tomorrow for a recap of Eagles Colts. The Birds preseason finale wraps up, and then we focus on the regular season. Louis DiBiase signing off as always. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening, and let's go Birds.